0: What the hell is the name of this
1: book? It's Wayne's World. The award winning Evan Grant. I can't even count anymore on my thing. Kevin Sherrington. Kevin Sherrington, number one. Barry Horn. He tried to get me in mid shoe. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington. I am Barry Horn, and we have a, a guest today who is a Hall of Famer. A Hall of Famer. That's exactly right. Rick Goose-Goslin. Rick, how's it going, man? Where's Evan Grant? You guys
2: yep. promised me Evan
1: won't be on. A- no, we promised no, no, you Evan no. won't be on. That's, that's the only the reason, reason you, came
0: you came on. That's correct. Evan's in Boston where it's raining, and, and he's, he's, woe is me, Evan. He couldn't get to see the fireworks uh, yesterday. You know,
1: it's, it's a shame that baseball gets in the way of his life, he's, isn't
0: it? It's, un- <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. He's on the Charles River. He's in Boston, he's visiting MIT, and all he wants to talk about is he, he was at, at Fenway Park I had Bar to do yesterday. work, and it
1: kept me from seeing the fireworks show. Poorly was, he on, was he in one of the
2: duck boats on the Charles? No,
1: <laughs> Evan was in his room. You know he's what he was doing? Room. Working. Goose, have you ever done that? Have you ever been out there on the Charles for, for the 4th of July? <laughs>
2: I've never been on. No, yes,
1: I have been on Charles in a duck boat. I have, too. You've I've been, been the out there no, for the 4th of I've July. It's, it's very fun. fun. It's a very fun thing. Goose, speaking of fun things, you had a uh, column today on the front page of the Dallas Morning News in which you had football cards. Were those your football cards on the cover of the uh, of the sports section? No,
2: I wish they were. Believe me,
1: (laughs) (laughs) would they be worth a little money?
2: I was talking to Dan Hunt uh, last week about it, and I asked him, you know, had he collected cards? He says, "Yeah." I I says, "Do you still have?" He says, "Yes." How many do you have? He said about thirty thousand. What? And I well, said, how many of those cards did you take and put in this collection? He said, not a one.
0: Well, but here, here here's the issue. Dan Hunt is is in what Hunt family is he in? Is a member of? And how much money do the Hunts have? And what do they own? And he needs to be in the card business. Yeah,
1: no kidding. Thirty thousand. Lamar's
2: son, or one? And yes, he does have a Lamar Hunt Hall of Fame card.
1: <laughs> is that right? No, very no, nice. Hunt. They own the
0: Can- the family owns the Kansas City Chiefs, I believe. That's correct. FC Dallas,
1: I believe. Part of the Chicago Bulls. That's correct. So, so that. And uh I think that's the one that's always surprises to me is the Bulls. I always forget about that. What what how much of the Bulls do they own?
2: Small, but he was one of the original investors. I had a quote in the story on the cards at the at the very end of the story saying that this reminds him of the sixties. When the Bulls would always call his parents say, we need more money. He's, that's uh, Robert Cashline, we need more money. The funny <laughs> so, thing is, the, the, the most expensive car they bought was a Bronco Nagurski, and it cost him $120,000. Wow. And when Cashline told Hunt it's going to cost 120000 Hunt said, get it. Get it. And ask if he has any more he wants to sell.
0: There you go. that's, wow. that's you, know, you know who else would say something like that? My wife. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. Except you would no, not get. It, well, I w- we wouldn't have the money, but but yeah. she
0: would say, "I I needed the I needed these shoes. I needed, I needed this purse."
1: Yeah. Well. Okay. You you need a purse for sure. Uh, listen, you know, and this is kind of off off topic here a little bit. We're with are already, Lamar already Hunt, off topic. But who Keep who is a more interesting sports figure in Dallas history than Lamar Hunt? I mean, you you look back at all the things because I've been working on some things recently. Uh, and you and you go back and the things you forget about that he did the and, tennis. And, well, yeah, the the, the tennis team the, tennis the flu, team tennis WCT. That was well, all because soccer. of Lamar Hunt. The soccer, of the soccer. You know the the AFL. You know all all these ventures. Who would do that kind of thing now? No, no nobody. You, would,
2: you wouldn't have. You wouldn't have that type of
1: money unless you're his son Dan. <laughs> and, or, or, and you wouldn't have the interest in doing it. I mean, it, it, you know, the fact that he did all those. I don't think not only now. But there was never a, uh, certainly was never a character in Texas sports history who was involved in as many ventures as he was. You know, uh, the, you so know, he amazing.
2: Was, he, he was such a private guy.
1: Yes, absolutely. You know, he didn't
2: have that you know that many open friends, and you know he wasn't you know flashy like Jerry. He just went out and did things without any fanfare. Well,
0: the the, 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 I, the great thing about him was I I, and I've, I this happened to me once. I was on a plane. I might have upgraded to first class. Might have. And I'm sitting in first class, and Lamar Hunt gets on the plane and walks
1: right past right me.
0: Past, right past you. Right back to coach. I and saw, I I I saw him on
1: Southwest flights. Yeah. Absolutely. He always That's the way he always flew. Uh, just, just what you said, that's what makes it, to me, really interesting is that I don't think he had any interest at all of being a guy who, who wanted to r- rub elbows with important people. And, and I'm not even sure how much he wanted to make money. It just seemed like he just loved sports, loved competition, and loved the idea of getting out there and trying to, to develop as many avenues for, for people and uh, participation as possible.
2: Well, he goes back to an era when the owners of teams were sportsmen. They were in it because they loved the sport. Now it's become businessmen.
1: Oh, They're absolutely. in it to
2: make money, and if they win, that's great. They want to win, but more important they got to make money. They're paying billions of dollars to the franchises. You have to make money. Whereas, I mean, that AFL—they bled money for the better part of five or six years before the merger. Right. It didn't matter. those guys loved the sport, they loved football, and they wanted to be in it.
0: But they had the money also. That's
1: it. They had some, and they weren't paid as much back then as they are now either. Yeah. But they're not making as much either.
0: Speaking of money, let's talk about the uh, number one franchise. The Forbes is number one. NFL team uh, franchise, the Cowboys. What is going on with the Cowboys and their defense?
2: This is Jerry Jones living the life of Mike Brown. This is what Mike Brown did with the Bengals. He'd see a guy with, with a character flag and know he could get him undervalued. He'd get a guy cheap and hope that he's the great player that he's supposed to be on paper. And that's what Jerry has become. Now he's become the, this. This era Mike Brown. He'll he'll take a guy, he'll take Greg Hardy, and get him for a, a ten cents on the dollar. And he'll sign um, him, keep his fingers crossed so he stays out of trouble, and hopes that he's a fifteen cent guy. You know, Ryan Leaf, uh, Pac-Man Jones, you know, Randy Gregory was a character guy. Demarcus Lawrence was a character guy. Alonzo Spellman, Demetrius Underwood. I mean, there's been. Since that Super Bowl, the last Super Bowl, he's brought a ton of these guys in, hoping to find the next Charles Haley. And he hasn't really done it yet. Dez would be close, but Dez wasn't. Uh, there wasn't a, a criminal aspect to him like some of these guys.
0: What about what about Lael Collins? Would he be Would he be classified
1: in that? I don't. I think that's unfair.
2: Well, let's start. Let's see. Let's let let's put him in the starting lineup first.
1: Ooh. Yeah, that's a possibility. But let me ask you this, because this is the thing that's more concerning to me. We know Jerry. We know who Jerry is. We know what he does. I'm still not sure, uh, sure who Jason Garrett is, you know, and, and, and how much of the Rolando McLean signing. You're
0: not sure who Jason Garrett is after all these years
1: don't, that his strings are being pulled by Jerry. Don't you have to say that? Uh, well, that, that's certainly the – if you're on the outside, I mean, I have to ask that question, though. It, it, when he signs Rolando – I'm not sure that that was his idea. What I'm saying is, was was Rolando McClain more Jerry's idea or was he more Jason's idea because of the Nick Saban ties? I
2: think it's all Jerry's idea. Really? Here, and I, much as I thought when Parcells was here, Terrell Owens was all Jerry. You know, Jerry says uh, – this guy was the eighth pick of his draft – was on the streets. He was twenty? What, 24, 25 years old. He was on the streets. And Jerry saw a great player that I can get cheap. He said, you know, I'll give him a, you know, a couple-year contract and, and hope this thing plays out.
0: He's drilling, he's drilling he, for oil wells, isn't he? Isn't he drilling yeah, for oil Yeah, that's what he does. He's that's what guy. he spent
2: his whole life doing. That's what he's doing now with this team. And too many of these guys have busted out. You know, Josh Brent was a character guy. Uh, Sam Hurd was a character guy. Joseph Randall, he just he, he sees a... a, a a better value player than the money would indicate. he jumps on him. And he's one of the few teams that would. I'm not sure anybody else would have signed Hardy last year had the Cowboys not signed him. Well, nobody
1: signed him now. Who, who's going to sign Greg Hardy?
2: I don't think he gets back in the NFL. I'll, I'll take that back. If there's an injury, if, if, if say, New England uh, had an injury, a, a, a team that thinks it has a Super Bowl shot and has an injury, maybe. Maybe. I think he'd be considered, whether they'd sign him or not, I don't know, but I think he'd be considered. I had one GM told me it takes thirty quality character guys to control one bad character guy in your locker room. And the problem you got is Cowboys have you know four and five. They got rid of uh, Hardy because he thought he was leading those young linemen down the wrong path. You know they have too many character guys. They're, they're they got a click of bad character guys. It's that's it could be you know taking that
0: locker room down. Well, you know on, on Podcast past we've we've heard that Rolando McClain was was a Good guy in the locker room. Well, an okay guy, oh, okay. not a bad. Guy. But he he wasn't he wasn't hardy in the locker room,
1: he, right? He, but he doesn't I, practice either. Yeah, no, that's that's, that's practice. my my problem is that he doesn't practice. I, I had to feel like the other players look at it like I'm busting my butt out here, and I know the guy's great during the game, and I and I know players put a lot into that. It seems like to me that players today look more at that than they do. I think in the in the old days. You would never get away with what Rolando McLean is doing with the other with the other guys in the locker room. They would you look at practice. you, yeah. You don't practice, you're, you no, don't play. Yeah, no, you don't, don't play. play. That ain't right. I'm out here. I'm playing and I'm doing everything. I'm busting my butt, and this guy's not. Play, you know, he's not doing that. And he's still playing. No way. And and I think now there's more of an attitude. Well. There's no denying what he brings to the field when he's healthy and when he's in tune with everything. He's, he's a tremendous player out there at that point. But to me – But he brings the baggage. He brings the baggage. And then, you know, someone someone sent me an email. Maybe it was an email. Maybe it was a phone call. I can't remember. An text message, me? maybe. When, when Rolando Mac- – wasn't a text. When Rolando McClain first came to the Cowboys and he got in trouble, and they said, listen – I, I, I work in this gym, Rolando's in there, and he's in there with a really uh, a guy who's a, a bad guy. I'll just say that. And he said, there's no way he's going to stay clean. He said, yeah, and, and I think that's turned out to be true. The Cowboys have to know that, don't they? They have to know who he's hanging out with, right?
2: Yeah, like Barry said, he's drilling for all wells. Yeah. He's hoping this guy can stay on the straight and narrow. Yeah, the other issue with, with McClain is because he doesn't practice, how many times have we seen him Leave games in the fourth quarter. With no, injured. absolutely. You're not, if you're not practicing, you're not you're not in game shape. You're not in game condition, and that's the issue. I don't I don't know. And the knock on him is how much does he like football? Does he even like playing football? I'm
1: He's, not sure he does. Uh, I'll have to say, uh, you know, watching him play. And Jason Garrett has said, when he hits you, you stay hit. He is one of the the best and biggest hitters at linebacker in the league. I I just. It's phenomenal what he can do and the way he runs down plays and, and his instincts are all very good, but he's relied on all of that uh, too much. And it, just what you said is that you know, the issues we've seen where he, he just he's part of the year being that great player but then, at the end of the year, there's issues. I, you know, sometimes there's been concussions. Sometimes there's been physical issues. Otherwise, sometimes we're not even sure what it is why he's not playing. It's always something. It, always yeah, easy. there's always something with him. And and I and you know, to me, it's not like Sean Lee. You know, Sean Lee, we know what his issues are, and there's no questioning the work ethic. There's no questioning, you know, the uh, the leadership he brings to the position. There's no questioning what because he's just as to me, they're two of the most talented linebackers in the league. Uh, but but one guy is is poured his heart into it, and the other guy we're we're not sure he even cares.
2: One guy is in the off season program; the other guy's not.
1: Right, man. That, that tells you everything, and and, and that, that's what I don't understand about uh, about Jason Garrett. When you how can you have so many of these guys? He talks about having the right guys, you know. And, and he should never have said that because yeah. you, you look time after time as you just mentioned and gone down the list of guys who, who are not the right guy not well, what does that
0: tell you that tells you that he is not the decision maker on the roster
1: but I don't know how much of that is is him too at what point is it, at what point does Jason Garrett say I can't win with this team you know I I, I, I when, have to the,
0: I'll I, tell you what point when the paychecks stop coming
1: well I guess uh, uh, but I, I would I would think at some point that he has to say, you know it, this goes back to something that came up a long time ago when smu was in uh, was in trouble and i was having a discussion with my good friend al carter who was then a, still a sports writer and, and his point was is How that many decades ago is that it was 30 years ago okay. it was pretty big okay bobby collins was a very good coach there were people who would say he was the best coach in the southwest conference and uh, and and al and i were having this discussion i said he, bobby should have gone to those boosters and said i'm not having any more of this if it just keeps up i'm quitting and he said, oh, he can't do that. You know, he can't stop those people from doing that. <laughs> and I said, here's the thing. If Bobby Collins had said that, he would still be a head coach today. You know, if he Not at been, SMU. Not at SMU. But so what? You go and get another job. At what point does Jason Garrett say, I got listen, we're going to have to do this my way or I'm going to go someplace well, else? Well, here's the deal, Coos. Jason Garrett left the
0: Cowboys tomorrow. Could he get another NFL head coaching job?
2: Uh, no. No. No, he'd have to go back and be a coordinator somewhere. Absolutely. One of the things you guys haven't touched upon, look at this defense. There's a desperation aspect to keeping Orlando McLean. They lack playmakers. The guy does make some plays. Absolutely. That's why you put up with Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory. This, this defense needs help. You know, On paper, heading into next season, they have 12-and-a-half sacks, and it's going to take you 43 to be a Super Bowl contender. Now, where are they going to come up with 30 sacks in the next five months? Tell us. But the point is, no, McLean is not. one of the few guys. McLean, Gregory, Lawrence—they need these guys. This is a shell of, a, of, a, of an NFL defense without those three players, with or without their baggage. They need those three guys on the field, which is why you put up with
0: them. Okay, okay, but so the guys with the four-game suspensions—they they'll come back for the fifth game of the season. When when will they be ready to play? Not not week five. When will well, they can they, practice and, with the team? Yeah, well, I understand, understand that, but 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 there's a difference between practice and. They'll they'll take, we'll hear this. I know we'll hear this. It'll be week six before they're ready, and then with a ten game suspension, would would you cut him immediately? Would you cut McLean right now, Goose? I
2: would cut McLean. I, I think yeah, they I they'd think The other two kids, but I, I'd say goodbye to McLean. I mean, it's two years in a row now. Right. I just, I, I it's time to move on.
1: I don't know why they haven't already done that. Why why wouldn't you already do that?
2: They're desperate. Yeah. Look at this defense. This is a this is a subpar defense. You know, they're going to have to be like the Barry Switzer Sooners, control the ball for 45 minutes a game to win with this group.
1: I would imagine that when you that that Anthony Hitchens ends up playing middle linebacker, or is it Gatch going to be the guy?
2: I would say Hitchens because he's been there, he's done it, and they can't afford any mistakes the first month with three of their top seven front seven guys out. I think they'll 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 take the, the safer option as opposed to maybe the more talented option because young guys make mistakes. Mistakes get you beat. Hitchens has been there. There's a chance he makes fewer mistakes, and, and it should not cost this team like a gosh-car could.
1: This was they could use that uh, that second round draft pick, couldn't they? Oh, Jalen Ouch. Smith. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that that's right. Not He's playing. not playing this year. That's right. I forgot. That was puzzling. Well, yeah. that,
0: that, but doesn't that going doesn't that go back to Gambler Jerry? You're getting a first theoretically a guy who might have been a top ten pick in the draft. You're getting him in the second round. Let's take a chance on that.
2: Well, that's that's what it is. That's you know that's what, that's what
0: know. he did with Sean Lee. Lee. Yeah, absolutely. Sean Lee was an
2: injury guy they took there, but yeah. The, the bottom line, they. Uh, it, their draft made no sense to me because they came out of the season saying their two most their two primary offseason needs are backup quarterback and pass rush. They didn't address either.
0: Are, are you, so you're not buying the Zeke, the Zeke Elliott uh, being on the field helps the defense?
2: The best teams in football, the very best teams, control the ball for 33 minutes. The Bears, with Walter Payton and the best defense in history, control the ball for 33 minutes. That's 27 minutes that that, that, that your defense has got to be on the field. This isn't Walter Payton, and this isn't the 85 Bears. Speaking so of which... If, 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 if it's Elliott's everything they hope, they're going to control the ball for 32 minutes, and the, their defense will be on the field for 28. At some point, you got to stop somebody.
1: Speaking of which, the uh, bringing up the 85 Bears, we had the passing recently of Buddy Ryan. You wrote a column about him last week. Uh, was... was uh, you had and uh, you interviewed Buddy. What was your impression of him as a as a as a coach and as a character?
2: I think as a coach, he was brilliant. What he did you know, on defense, uh, I'm not sure. You know, the the best rank in the last thirty years was the, the forty six scheme. You know, maybe the the zone blitz, but I, I don't know. In the last thirty years, who had something more creative than, than Buddy's forty six? But beyond that, he was a great entertainer. I remember we did a, a cover story for our football section '94 when Buddy became head coach of the Cardinals, and I'm trying to write about the Cardinals, and all he wants to is talk about the Cowboys and Jimmy and Jerry, just poking poking fun, poking you know, trying to needle them. It was it was it was entertaining. <laughs> he knows
1: how to play to the audience. You know, you, you understand how his boys ended up like they was, did. Was was
0: but he was no Without Mr. Questions. Mr. Prospector. Mr. Prospector, who is a thoroughbred. Sire. Oh my gosh! Now we've <laughs> no, really veered no, no, off. But, but no, no, no. But but his his sons have, have never lived up to to his genius, have they?
2: I'm not sure many defensive coaches in history could live up to his genes. Explain explain the,
1: explain the four six uh, forty six defense and and what was different about that goose.
2: They didn't need a secondary. <laughs> they could play seven guys. They had they had pro bowlers across the seven. The whole thing was built on the defense, creating mismatches up front with, with stacked alignments. I, I remember that, that Super Bowl against the Patriots. Tony Easton was getting sacked on the third step of a five-step drop. It was uh, Tony Easton is probably still having nightmares. The whole thing was <laughs> predicated on the pass rush. You win championships with pass rushes, which dovetails us back into the Cowboys with their 12-and-a-half sacks on paper. No, he was that that whole thing. You can't even name the starting corners on that Bears team.
1: I guess that's right.
2: It's all about the pass rush. It, 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 the, the '90s Giants and the '86 Giants that won—you can't name their corners. It's all about the pass rush. You got the pass rush, you win championships, and that's what Buddy. Buddy was a master at pressuring quarterbacks. I think they had seventy sacks one year. And he was the very best. I think he 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 told people. This is how you win championships. And that's, I think, the impact he's had on the game. Since that point, it's been all about the pass rush.
1: He's, you know, the, the funny thing about me with with Buddy was the fact that he would he would pit the offense against the defense on his own team. I mean, I'm the – How about throwing punch at the offensive
2: coordinator on the sideline?
1: Kevin Gilbride. Yeah, he punches Kevin Gilbride. He called Gilbride. He called the run and shoot the chuck and duck.
2: <laughs> and also, in the 85 season, when they lost the one game – to Miami on a Monday night, Ditka wanted to fight him at halftime in the <laughs> locker room. The two had to be separated in the locker room. Ditka was going after Ryan.
0: How many times do you think that happened? That's two pretty big egos, pretty big personalities. That probably happened more than once.
2: Well, yeah, I'm guess I'm guess they had words more than once. You know, it's the only time in history that both that two people were carried off the field after a Super Bowl Yeah, game. how about right. that?
1: Yeah, how about defensive that.
2: guys carried Ryan, and offensive guys carried Ditka. I
1: mean, that's, that's a, that is such had, a ride. He had
2: to go. After that, he had to go, and he did. He went to the Eagles.
1: Yeah, right. yeah. How, how long had he been in Chicago when they won that Super Bowl? How long
2: what?
1: How long had he been in Chicago when they won that Super oh, Bowl?
2: Oh, uh, four or five years, I believe. Is that right?
1: Like, I'm yeah. trying to remember.
0: Was, was he the defensive coordinator on my all-time favorite team? Super Bowl three winning New York Jets, or was he just an co- assistant coach on that team? Defensive line. Defensive,
2: defensive line, line coach, okay. Pretty good defensive line coach, too.
1: I bet he was. I bet he was.
2: Barry, are you a big Jerry Philbin guy?
0: Oh, University of Buffalo's Jerry Philbin played uh, played an, defensive end at like 230 pounds.
2: One of Buddy's guys. i tell you what, Buddy loved his guys, and they loved him.
0: So they, that- they
2: knew he always had their back. He always had the back of the defense.
0: Well, I was—I was a big. Truth be told, I was a big Verlin Biggs guy.
2: Oh, Biggs. nice.
1: Verlin so. Biggs. All right, Gus, We we talked about. Let's let's go full circle here. We go back to our football cards. Did you, did you you told us before the show started that did you have some football cards?
2: Yeah, I got some cards that I've thrown in a box. nothing nothing of value. I think I think there were some from the seventies, some from the eighties, some from the nineties. I used to buy a pack a year and throw it in a throw it in a box. Some of the packs I haven't opened yet.
0: I probably, Ooh, got, I, I probably got about
2: 200 one. cards. You might be sitting be on a gold mine,
0: mine up there.
2: Yeah. I tell one of the guys, I think I've got that Stomach card. I says, did you touch it? He says, yeah. I said, well, it's Too not bad. worth what you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's got to be mint condition. Yeah, I told one I guy, pristine. You, you go through your cards, wear gloves.
1: Yeah, no kidding. I, you were I probably... got an email
2: today. The guy says, uh, hey, I, I saw your story today, and I saw that Stomach card. I got that Stomach card. How much is it worth?
1: Uh, just give him a number and tell him to call somebody about that stuff. You know,
2: you told me that a Starbucks ten, and they got one of the two Starbucks tens in the world. Ten, uh,
1: ten,
0: is worth ten, ten million what? Two
2: hundred, two hundred fifty thousand.
0: What does a ten mean, Goose?
2: Eight is mint. Ten is, is, is I guess. I don't know. I, Plus mint,
1: double mint, <laughs> double mint. If you, you yeah. have, if you had
2: double mint gum, yeah. yeah. If you haven't touched it, you have probably got an eight in your hands. And, and um, I don't know. There may be some printing flaws. I don't know. But uh, ten is that there are there are very few tens. Some of the cards they don't have tens of some of the Hall of Famers. They don't exist.
1: That's uh, you know when I. When we kept, here's here's how dumb we were about cards. Because I collected baseball cards when I was a kid, like all kids of our age did. You mm-hmm. sold me the Honus Wagner card for dollar eighty-seven. I, I did not. But yes, you,
2: you put a you put a Nolan Ryan card in your spokes.
1: Yeah, no, I did not do that. No, that was that was I was collecting before Nolan even. I don't even remember. I guess I have some Nolan Ryan cards. Uh, I collected back through the late seventies, and that was about it. Uh, but uh, but a friend of mine uh, ripped me off of all of my Mickey Mantle cards, from, uh, except for one. <laughs> because I was trying I was putting together teams on each of my with each of mine you know and I was I was short a couple of really good players on a couple of my teams and so I was trading him Mickey Mantle cards for that. I, I've never forgiven that uh, that guy for doing that.
2: You traded me. three Mantle cards for a, for a Bob and Ken Aspromoni? You know what? Right. I was thinking
0: it's, of the same. I was going to say Bob Aspromoni. Oh my god. Oh we, we, we've got you pegged as a uh, Houston Houston Colt 45 Well, so he was
1: also a Brave. Pomba. Kevin's got a Kevin's
2: got a
1: stack of worthless Houston Astro cards. <laughs> That's, pretty much, if you've got Astro cards, they're pretty much worthless uh, from that era. But they, well, there were some there were some great players. You know, I did a story one time oh. on the fact that the if you took that that, that first year the Astros were in existence, sixty two, they had a uh, they had a uh, an all rookie team. They started at the end of the year, the season's over, and they're trying to drum up some interest, so they started an all rookie lineup. Of those nine guys, I think there were five guys who went on to be All-Stars. One guy went on to be a Hall of Famer.
0: None of them for the – how many of them went on to be All-Stars for the Astros?
1: Well, they were uh, briefly. But the they, Astros got rid of all of them. But but here's the thing. That's the first – this organization just started, and that's the kind of talent they found. What, is that, what does that say about it? You you just started, and that's the kind of talent you found in your first year. That's unbelievable. This is This is unbelievable. We started talking <laughs> Mavericks. We were talking Mavericks with Evan
0: Grant, and now we're talking baseball with Goose.
1: But Goose goes, goes full broad. He goes, oh, sorry, no. he goes all the way across the, the spectrum here. Unlike Evan. Who is Unlike just, Evan. That's right. He's focused. Goose, it's been great having you on. Thanks for uh, taking a little time with us uh, to discuss all these various issues in, in football and with uh, football cards. Uh, we appreciate that.
2: Kevin, one more thing. Do you have any more mantle cards you want to
1: trade? No, I am not trading any more of my mantle cards. All right. I've got the last, I've got his last one, and that's it. I I really am regretting I traded that one. It was the 56 MVP year. Oh, you did not. Uh, You did not. Yeah. That's the one that really was.
2: was Kevin,
1: that was a college education. (laughs) No, it really was. It really was. I gave all that up. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Goose, you're the best. We'll be talking to you down the line here. Okay, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Goose. All right. There goes Rick Goose Goslin.
0: There he goes. I'm I'm going home now to see if I have – I don't think I do. My wife throws everything out.
1: Oh, surely not. She,
0: I'm, next thing she throws out is going to be me. I know exactly where mine are. She's going to me out. Yeah,
1: well, she should. I, I never look at my baseball cards anymore, but I know exactly where they are. Maybe there's a gem in there. Maybe, I, you maybe know, there's
0: a college education in there. You, I still, did bu- you still have two to two to go. I
1: had the, the entire I, I did buy a set in seventy you know, you can just buy a whole set if you want to. Tops? Are they all tops? Tops. Yeah. Uh, yeah, That's all I ever have is tops. Oh pardon me. that <laughs> other stuff is terrible. Uh but I have a whole set of seventy sevens which I ha- left in the original box. And I've never boxes. There's two boxes. So who who do you know? Do you have any idea who the gem would be? In no, I don't. I 77? don't. And that's. A, I think that actually was a bad year. I don't think there was. <laughs> seriously, I think there was the not, worst year ever to, to buy. To well, buy. there was like no because what the value is is a rookie, right? Uh, on a rookie card, right. and then it the ends up being a hall so of famer. Nobody, no, nobody. I think in seventy seven there was no great rookie.
0: The worst rookie crop ever in the history yeah, of baseball. So that
1: was unfortunate. I could be wrong about that. I have to go back and look.
0: Well, why don't we go back and look? Uh, by the and, way, your stock market's down today, too.
1: Uh, it's, it's just like you'd be looking at that. So we've had a uh, podcast with Evan, who's in Boston. Evan Grant. Evan Grant. And we've had a podcast with Rick Goose-Goslin. A uh, cowboy football card podcast. <laughs> yeah, was cowboy flash slash football card. And coming up, we're also going to have a podcast with Eddie Sepko. His, his debut, his, his professional debut, debut on, on Ballsy. Do, th- do you think he ha- he's he got what it takes to be
0: to be invited back?
1: Well, here's the thing. You and I apparently have what it takes. So, any, so I think anybody could be We set a very down. low bar. We set a very low bar. Wow. Uh, but anyway, yeah, we're looking forward to that. So we're going to sign off now. Tommy, hit the music. Tommy, that's different Dude, music. That's not our music. Uh, oh, it's a different oh spot of the music. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Thanks, Tommy. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye, Evan.